Welcome to the Sense of Soul podcast. We are your hosts, Shannon and Mandy. Grab your coffee, open your mind, heart, and soul. It's time to awaken. Hey friends, if you are looking for ad-free Sense of Soul episodes, you can find them at Sense of Soul Patreon. Become a monthly member at any level. You will also have access to our monthly SOS Sacred Circles, our mini-series, merch, and much more. And it's a great way to help support our podcast so that we can continue to bring you inspiring episodes twice a week with our enlightened guests from all around the world. Check out our Patreon. Today we have with us Dana Stiles and Shana Cornelius, human design specialist and co-founders of Day Luna. They are here on a mission to empower the collective towards self-love, personal freedom, and radical authenticity. They are also the podcast hosts of the Day Luna human design podcast, where they have generated over 850 downloads worldwide. Shana and Dana feel passionately called to help spread the complex and life-changing science of human design to a wider community in a grounded and a more approachable way. And we are so honored and excited to talk to these two. So please welcome Shana and Dana. How are you ladies doing? Where do you live? We're doing great. We're both in Southern California. So I'm in the desert in Joshua Tree and Shana's on the coast near Santa Barbara. Oh gosh. Doing my yeah. favorite. Where are you guys located? I'm actually in Boca Raton right now for my daughter had parents weekend. Wow. Oh. Very interesting. Um, lots of rave music and beer bonging. And uh, <laughs> I felt like I was back in college. <laughs> wow. Yeah. They were like making the dads do like dunk tanks and like shotgun beers. I mean, it was wild. <laughs> that is hilarious oh my god it was reliving college days yeah. like a movie I wanted to go back I was like <laughs> I was like this is really fun I mean they definitely know how to tailgate but I'm from Colorado born and raised okay amazing yeah. Colorado. Yep. beautiful oh, awesome. Shanna and I have known each other since we were 15 and a few years ago, decided to just start podcasting in our closet on our phones. And now it's become like this alive, amazing platform. So yeah. So cool. Love that. We resonate. Dana and I have been friends since maybe for 15 years now. Mm -hmm. And we same started our podcast, like in our rooms. I mean, still in our rooms, TBH, (laughs) but now it's this big thing and it's just so great. And it's just been such a fun journey. So I love that. It's so funny. Somebody told us recently, we did like a show and they were like, you girls look like salt and pepper because (laughs) I was like, so do we. (laughs) So funny. Yeah. So do you. (laughs) And I'm tall and Shanna's shorter and same. Can has huge boobs. I have smaller ones. Oh, <laughs> opposite. <laughs> Love that. So excited because we haven't really had anybody on talking about human design. I've been on someone else's podcast talking about human design. I was a guest because there was some synchronicity behind it. I was on That's My Renee's podcast. Her, a listener of our podcast had heard her podcast and there was all these synchronicities, which Alicia calls my Rennies. And then I also, we also have a listener, Bree, who I'll shout her out because she listens to your podcast and she oh. became certified in human design 
And I've met with her and she's done my, I don't know, you guys call it chart or do you call it yeah. blueprint yeah. or yeah. But she told me a lot about you guys too. So when I told her that you guys were coming on, she was super excited. So. Oh, so cool. I love that. That's yeah. awesome. You know what? And it, I very much resonated because I had it done like twice within one week. I was like, wow, this is really cool because it is kind of like a blueprint. Yeah. You know, but why don't we just go ahead and jump into it? You yeah. Know, first of all, how did you guys come into the human design? Yeah. So Shana and I have been best friends since college. And when we graduated college, we kind of like went out into the world and got corporate jobs and did all the things that we were supposed to do. And then when we turned about 27, you hit this astrological transit that every person experiences from age 27 to 30, approximately where your Saturn return, where anything that's really not in alignment for you becomes blatantly obvious. So for a lot of people, that's the time in your life where you make a big change. Either you get married or you get divorced. And for us, this big change came around our career life. We just felt like I did everything I was supposed to do up until now. I've just been on the hamster wheel going, 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 trying to be successful. And we both just kind of had this like quarter life crisis, if you will, where we were so exhausted, completely burnt out. And really having this feeling of like, I did everything I was in quotes supposed to do. Why does this feel so off? Like, why do I feel like this is not it? And if this is not it, what is right? What is my purpose? What is my path? So it was really beautiful because we got to kind of share that quarter life crisis with one another. And as besties, we decided to just kind of dive into trying to discover those deeper questions. Who am I really? What am I really here to do if this is not it? So in that process, we were exploring breath work and meditation and yoga and astrology. And every single night we would call each other and talk about what we had been learning in this kind of spiritual journey. And in that journey, we discovered human design. And when we looked up our human design types, we discovered that we were both projectors, which is one of the more rare of the five types. And literally everything in our entire life clicked into gear, made sense. We like burst into tears crying when we discovered we were projectors because it just gave us so much insight as to why we had been feeling the way that we had been feeling in the way that we've been using our energy and working. So what we love about human design is it's not just a modality to help you understand yourself the same as astrology is. It also gives you these practical tools that you can apply to your life to start actually making change. So in that process, we decided to kind of commit together to going on this human design journey. Let's experiment with it. Let's see what it looks like to actually start living this way and doing so radically changed our life. Like everything in our life shifted. It became so clear that we we were ready to quit those corporate jobs. And, you know, that journey kind of led us into starting a business around human design and teaching other people about their human design. Yeah. When you hear of human design, I feel like for most people, and at least for us, it's this feeling of why have I not ever heard of this before? Like, why is this the first time that I am hearing how my energy operates and how I can make decisions and how I can rely on my own self, my own sense of intuition to move throughout the world. We're so conditioned to give our power away in a lot of areas of our life, whether that's doing what your teachers tell you to do or doing what your parents or your doctors or your boss and saying who outside of me knows 
what I should be doing. And human design is really teaching you how to become your own authority and take your power back to say, okay, yes, I can observe and I can see, and I can be inspired by, and I can create with other people using my mind. But when it comes to my own personal decisions and my own guidance system, I can really tune in and rely on myself to be that authority in my life. So it really is life-changing. And when we decided to commit to this for what we did was one month for one month, let's really practice using our human design. And when we did that, like Dana said, everything in our life changed. And it was just this feeling of, holy shit, this works like this works. And I just wish that I'd been doing this already for years. So it's profound and it's just so exciting that now it's becoming a little bit more mainstream. Love that you brought up astrology because I love astrology, but it also is confusing to me. It's a lot to learn. So this sounds like it really breaks it down and gives you some very tangible ways to implement it into your life. Yeah. Yeah. And astrology is great because it's it's these like archetypes, right? But they're broader categories. And of course, if you do your natal chart, you can get really specific in like your moon and your rising and your Venus and all your different placements and all your different houses, right? You can get very specific, but it takes some investigating and it takes a lot of the like right interpreters because you can get different information from different people. So we like astrology, but what we love about human design is that it does use astrology. Human design mm-hmm. uses astrology, the Chinese I Ching, the Kabbalah tree of life, the Hindu Brahmin chakra system, but also uses like quantum physics and astronomy and modern sciences paired with these ancient sciences. So it really is complex, but it gets really specific on practical things that you can do every day to okay. start honoring your energy. Whereas astrology is kind of giving you this broader view and this mm-hmm. archetype, like all Scorpios are like this, or all Gemini's are like that. Human design is really saying, okay, you as an individual, here is how you eat. Here is how you interact with other people. So that way you don't have resistance. Here's how you make decisions that are big decisions. Here's how you make small decisions. Here's how you tune in and can know when you're out of alignment or in alignment. So it just gets so specific and it's just really applicable versus just like more information. You know, it's very interesting too, is that both people who read my human design were both projectors as well. So, which I thought was very interesting. You're both projectors. So can we talk about the different archetypes? Is that what you call them or what do you call them? Yeah. So they're called the different human design types. So there's five types and we're not surprised at all to hear that the two people who have wanted to read your chart have been projectors because um, projectors tend to be kind of obsessed with human design because they're individuals who are always looking at What makes people unique? What makes people tick? You know, how can I really understand people? So any of the types can be interested in people and psychology and archetypes, but projectors tend to have like a very strong fascination in that zone. So a lot of human design readers are projectors just kind of coincidentally. But when it comes to the five different types, the five different energetic types in human design, I encourage anyone who's listening to actually pause this and look up your charts that you can see which one you are as we talk about them. You can really feel if this resonates for you. So the way that you do that, you can go online, you can go to our website if you like, daylunalife.com, 
and you can generate your human design chart for free. All you need to do is enter in your birthday, your place that you're born and your specific time. Now I do wanna say that it is really important to have the time you were born from your birth certificate if possible. That's gonna give you the most accurate results. If you're guessing like your mom told you she thinks you're born in the morning or in the night, you can kind of get inaccurate results on your chart. So we do just wanna put an emphasis, it's best if you can really get your birth time first. Then once you pull up your human design chart, you're going to see this body graph that has all of these shapes and numbers and colors. It could be like, oh my gosh, what does all this mean? My eyes are glazing over and you don't need to know any of that. What we want you to look at is the written categories on the side. So you'll see your name, you'll see type and next to type, you'll be one of the five types. And those are manifester, generator, manifesting generator, projectors, and reflectors. Now, every human being falls into one of these categories, right? Everyone is one of these types. And your type is really telling you how your aura functions, how your energy is designed to move outside of your body and interact with other people. So knowing how people are connecting with your energy when you walk into a room is huge because it's kind of like this nonverbal communication that you're having with other people without even knowing. So your type tells you so much about how to operate your energy so that you really experience harmony in your connections and in your work life. And it offers you this practical strategy that you can apply every day. So let's talk about the first type, which is a manifester. Manifestors are somewhat rare. Less than 10% of the population are manifestors. And these are people who have a very powerful aura, an aura that's designed to be impactful. When a manifestor walks into a room, you feel their presence. And their aura has kind of this closed quality where you can't quite read them in the way that you're used to being able to read other people. So they feel very mysterious and powerful. And so because of that, manifestors really are people who are designed to be fire starters in this world. They're designed to initiate us into change. They're designed to inspire people and impact people and be these kind of like sacred disruptors that initiate change in the world. Now, because they have such a powerful energy, but they're kind of closed and difficult to read, this can really create some friction actually with people in their lives because they're so powerful, but they're kind of mysterious and people can end up wanting to control them. But for a manifester, alignment for them really looks like having freedom, getting, being able to do whatever they want, being able to say whatever they want, getting to start new things and move on when they want to. And the more that they are powerful like this, people can really feel like they're wanting to stop that process and control them. So the strategy that manifestors can apply to help kind of ease that friction and create more like openness, people just allowing them to have that freedom that they crave, their strategy is called informing. So this means literally opening up their mouth and just letting people in on what's going on in internally. This is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm wanting to do next. And by using their voice, they kind of open a window in this closed aura that they have. And once people understand where they're at and what they're thinking and what they're wanting to do next, they are way more likely to be on board and to let that manifester have the freedom that they're designed to have. So for manifestors, um, we like to kind of really highlight this type because they're the only of the five types that their strategy feels completely foreign to them. Like it's the last thing on planet earth that a manifestor wants to do is let people know what they're thinking or what they're feeling or what they're wanting to do next because they're so independent. But once they start practicing that, 
everything in their life feels easier. That friction is gone and it creates this kind of energetic ease. So the next type that we want to talk about is generators. Now, generators are a more common type. Over 37% of the population are generators. And generators are people who have this aura that is open and enveloping and warm. They're designed to have lots of creative energy to build things and to work on things. And that's kind of the most important thing in their life is they have this great source of energy. What am I going to use it on? It's so important that generators are doing things that they love. And when they are really working on what lights them up, they generate more of this creative life force energy. It spills out of them and feeds the world around them and kind of spreads this positive life force energy. When a generator is not doing what they love and they're sacrificing that powerful energy source they have in some job that they hate, that powerful energy dwindles. It's like their battery gets completely drained and they can feel really burnt out when they're someone who's actually designed to have a lot of consistent energy. So for generators, it's all about really starting to do what you love and knowing that that's not selfish. That's actually your greatest life purpose because that is when you're in your flow zone, giving people the energy you're designed to give. So how do you find what you love as a generator? This is when it comes to your strategy of responding. And what this means is really letting your body's responses to the things you come across tell you what's in alignment for you or not. And this can be tricky because our conditioning tells us what we should do from this mental standpoint, like what job makes sense? What job is going to support my family? Um, what job is close enough? Or do I have the you know qualifications to do? But your body is actually the one as a generator. When your body responds to something with energy and excitement, that's your body saying, this is something you're designed to work on. This is aligned for you. And when you work on this, you're going to really be in that realm of alignment and purpose. So yeah, so for everyone listening, Mandy is a generator. We just looked up her chart and I was wondering if you were, because when you feel a generator's presence, they have this warmth about them. They have this kind of like openness, almost like a cozy, like mama bear kind of energy. And, you know, as a generator, when you're doing something that you love, like for example, creating a podcast and you really love doing it, it's like you, you generate more energy. You can go forever as long as you're really doing something that is really satisfying for you and fulfilling filling. But of course the downfall for a generator, the conditioning, you're so warm, you're so open, you want to nurture other people. So people feel really comfortable asking a generator to do favors for them. And it can feel really hard to say no because you're so open and caring and warm. But for a generator starting to say no, you know, let's say someone you really love wants you to help them with a party that they're doing, but it's like, I love you and I want to help you, but I actually don't have the energy to do that. My body is just kind of like not excited to do that thing. That's your truth. And that can be so hard for generators because it feels backwards. It feels like that's going to be, you know, creating less love in your life and less satisfaction in your life. But really, um, if you're not, if your body's not responding to something with energy and excitement, like you really want to do that thing, then it's really just not aligned for you. So starting to make those shifts and listening to your body, not your mind for a generator, a big red flag is anytime you say I could do that or I feel like I should do that. Those are your two biggest red flags. If instead it's like, I want to do that thing. That's when you know that it's aligned for you. It's going to be in the highest expression for everyone involved. So now we get to the third type, which is what you are, Shanna, a manifesting generator. And as it sounds, it's a hybrid of these first two types we talked about. 
a manifester and a generator. So in the end, manifesting generators are really like a variation of a generator. And the same thing applies for you. You have this, um, consistent amount of creative life force energy that you're here to use doing what you love. That is the most important thing for you is really listening to your body's responses. Do I actually have the energy to pour into this thing? Does my body feel energized when I come across this thing? That's how I know it's aligned for me to work on it. But just like a manifester, you're really designed to be kind of like this trailblazer, this fire starter, a little bit more um, breaking the mold. And manifesting generators can tend to be people who need a lot of variety in their life. They can get bored really easily. They're like a jack of all trades trades. They master new things. They're curious. They want to move on. So it's important for a manifesting generator to create space in their life to pivot often. And in your career life, for example, it's so important that you have that freedom to be like, okay, I'm working on this thing, but now I'm kind of feeling a little bit bored. So I want to introduce this new facet of it, you know, being able to do different tasks in different places with different people and different projects and different conversations. That's what, where a manifesting generator thrives. And if a man gen, which is what we call them for short, if you were in a job that felt monotonous, like every day you're in the same place with the same people doing the same stuff, it would be horrible for you. It would drain this incredible energy that you have and that you're here to generate and share with the world around you. So for both of you two, your strategy is the same, is responding with your body not your mind, really listening. What is my body getting excited about? What is my body responding to with energy? Those are the things that are aligned for you to work on. And when you come across something that's just like, meh, like I could, right? Red flag. That is not something that's really aligned for you to work on. So how does it feel to hear that, that your body is like the sacred compass and it's just so important for you to be doing what really lights you up? Gosh, I just... I so wish I was more present in my body when I was younger, you know, and Mm -hmm. I, so I just, I, I value so much that this is being taught. I, you know, I try to teach my little one that you just saw sitting on my lap this because no one ever taught me to listen to my body. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's difficult for me because I've struggled a lot with like lung issues and asthma. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of derailed by doctors to not listen to my body. I mean, no one even taught me about the vagus nerve and how to breathe. So this has been really hard for me. And it's literally something I have to practice daily because when I don't, you can, I get so detached from my body so fast and I'm all in my mind. Yeah. So, but I, it resonated with me big time. I'm a very warm person. It, it bothers my husband everywhere I go. Everywhere <laughs> entire life story. I mean, it's yeah. so bizarre. It is so bizarre. It's like, and it's, it's such a gift too, but um, I literally got knocked to my knees earlier this year because I had those parties for those families that needed me to throw the party for them. Mm-hmm. And my body told me no, and I did it anyway. And I ended up relapsing. And I mean, it put yeah. me into this space of complete chaos. So, the, I mean, it totally resonated with me. And yeah, Shannon. word for word. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Yeah, and for me, I would say it's the discernment part. Yeah, that has been the key to everything for me is Mm -hmm. checking in with and using my body to lead me spiritually. 
So yeah, yeah. I love that. And I wanted to say that with the manifesting generator aura, like when we are feeling a manifesting generator, you also kind of have this openness and warmth, but as a manifesting generator, there's a little more like a uh, firecracker energy there. Like you're someone who's like exciting and playful and kind of different and um, introducing everyone in your life to like expansive new things. And for a manifesting generator, being playful and kind of moving on to new challenging things is something that's really good for you. So when a manifesting generator is in alignment, they're always kind of uh, opening up the world to people around them and showing them new things and, and kind of being that expansive sort of energy in your, in your life. So I definitely feel that from you too, just from meeting you in this conversation, Shanna. When you were talking about um, her, her human design type, I was thinking about how she's definitely like, she'll start a project. And then it, when she gets bored, she'll start another one. So how does someone like her not jump around and have unfinished things? And not that yeah. she does. Curious. It seems like that would be a problem for them. Totally. And the biggest conditioning, like the story that we get told from our parents as a manifesting generator from our teachers, when we're growing up is like, you're all over the place. You're flaky. You need to stick to one thing and you need to see it through. You need to finish it. And that's really not aligned for you to do as a manifesting generator. If you try to force yourself to stay with this project and to work on it every single day for months until it's done, you'll actually derail yourself and never finish the project for sure. But if you allow yourself to work on it when you want to work on it and take some time off when you're just not into it and do something else and come back to it later. That's actually when you finish it the most efficiently, uh, the most enthusiastically, it has the most reach and kind of magnetism around the way that you do it. So it's really about trusting that your body's trying to guide you towards when to work on it, when to take a break, when to go have playtime. And then when you come back to that project after playing, you're yeah. 10 times more efficient and lit up and like really able to work on that thing mm -hmm. in a way that's so powerful. Okay, well, yeah. girl, I'm so fucking good at that shit. That <laughs> <laughs> I'm mastered. No. Yeah. Well, because it's knowing that as a generator or a mangen, your body is a magnet and your job is to increase your magnetism. That's like the job of your aura. And our mind gets in the way and says, should, and I should be helping this person, or it's hard for me to say no, or I should be working on this thing, or maybe I'm going to be flaky or not reliable, or people are going to judge me. And if you can just tune into what your body is wanting in that moment and just listen to your body instead of your mind, your body is always trying to guide you to be in the right place at the right time to have synchronicities and divine timing and increase your magnetism to bring to you the right people and opportunities and inspiration where you're like, oh, that's what I want to do next. I'm so excited about this thing. So mm -hmm. it's knowing that if you can get out of your own way, and just listen to what your body's wanting you to do. The energy that you're infusing into all of the things that you do is so magnetic. Whereas if you force yourself to be like, I said, I'm going to do this. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to stick it out and work on it over the whole next month. That's the energy that you're putting into that thing. And that is felt by other people energetically. So when they connect with it, it feels somehow off. It feels less magnetic, less shiny, less juicy. It feels just kind of like I could that's the energy that you're putting into it. Okay. So How it's the biggest thing. Seriously, that's, I can see why you guys got together and cried when she figured out these things and read these things, because that was a condition in my life that constantly was a negative pattern playing like a record over and over in my head. 
So if I would have known these things, right, when I was younger, just like you guys said, maybe I wouldn't have beat myself up to where you almost yeah. get to where you don't finish the things because you feel so, de- you know, defeated that you didn't. Yeah. Yeah. And judging yourself and, and comparing yourself Well, other people do do it this way. I should be as well. And that's the biggest liberation with human design is releasing that comparison because people tell you advice out of love, out of saying like, well, this really worked for me. So you should do this. But human design really gives you this languaging just to know like, oh, this is why that worked for you. And this is actually why it won't work for me. And this will work for me instead. So that liberation to not say like, oh, I should be doing it like my friend or my husband or my coworker or whoever, but instead to say what works for me is to listen to my body. And it's so important what energy I'm pouring into all the things that I'm doing, because that's, what's going to be felt. So if I'm working on something and I'm not feeling that enthusiasm, that energy in my body to just like devour that thing, or just get right into it, let me move my body around, like go into my kitchen, look in my fridge, go look at my car, go outside, pull up a different email or a different tab on my computer and feel in my body. Do I have energy to pour into that thing and let that guide me versus my mind of, I have free time today. What should I do in this time? Yeah. All about presence. Um, I'm I'm curious. Sorry to cut you off. Um, Go ahead. Sorry. No, I want you to Oh, no, no, no. I was just going to move to the, the other types, but I okay, really so want to know your gonna, question. I ask really fast. Do you find that there's diagnoses and mental illnesses attached on the flip side? Like, so Shanna has been told her whole life and diagnosed ADHD. Mm-hmm, okay. Yeah. But really with what you just described, maybe this is, and she's not, it's just part of her personality and then learning how to manage it. Or Right now I'm working with three girls that are all 15, 16, one's 19 that are all suicidal and depressed. Mm -hmm. One's been told she's bipolar. To me, she doesn't seem bipolar at all. She just seems like she's, she's got like this. She's, I believe I I would almost guess she's also a generator, um, but she doesn't know how to listen to her body. So she's always in her head. And then sometimes she's too much in her body and sleeping a lot, or sometimes she's like super excited. And then you, you see these highs and lows. Have you guys seen any of this? Um, yes. So I'm really glad you asked this question. Um, so there's a lot here. So within the types themselves, yes, there's definitely themes, especially, you know, great one is manifesting generators being diagnosed as having ADHD, but there are also, you know, things like you can get a brain scan and they can tell you if, if you have ADHD and what's going on in your brain. Right. So there's definitely, I want to say there is mental illness and physical health ailments that we have. But there's also a way that our energy works and that's where misdiagnoses can come in. And that's where with mangens, they are designed to pivot and to shift and have many different things and to not have everything be the same and bounce around. And that's where that can be misdiagnosed as ADHD. So really, if you, if you fall into that category, um, you know, really start researching about ADHD, maybe get a brain scan, um, maybe find out if like you have those symptoms. Um, I'm somebody who does have ADHD and I definitely, every single thing that I learn about it. And I, I only found out about that from a brain scan, by the way, nobody told me in my life, like you have ADHD, no teacher diagnosed that to me where that happens a lot for mangens where parents and teachers will tell you what you have. Whereas a doctor told me this and I was like, no, I don't. 
And then I researched about it and all of the symptoms, I was like, oh yeah, I do forget my keys and my phone and everything every single day. And I do do all these different things. So I just want to say that, but, um, with, when it comes to emotions and, um, depression and anxiety and bipolar in human design, we have this emotional center, it's your solar plexus. And if you have this defined, which half of the population does, then you create random emotions for no reason. And you have an emotional wave and the other half of the population does not. So us three, Shanna, Mandy, and me, we do not have an emotional wave, whereas Dana does. And so what this means is that for anyone with a defined emotional center, they can wake up on the right side of the bed for no reason. They can wake up on the wrong side of the bed for no reason. And their emotions aren't necessarily tied to anything happening in their life. And the reason why is because they are someone who is here to have emotional depth and intelligence throughout their life and to be someone that can say like, been there, felt that like nothing happened to me to cause me to feel what it feels like to be incredibly crushed or depressed. Um, nothing happened to make me feel ecstasy and elation, but I'm here to go on this journey of highs and lows emotionally, maybe every day, maybe a few times a week and have these emotional experiences that bring me emotional depth. Now, when we don't have this awareness, it feels like random emotions. It feels like maybe I'm bipolar or maybe something's wrong with me, but really you're just honing your emotional intelligence. So for other people, they have reactionary emotions. Something good happens. They're happy. Something bad happens. They're upset. And then the rest of the time they're neutral or they are amplifying other people's emotions. So if you have an undefined emotional center, then you are very empathetic to other people's emotions. And your emotional intelligence comes from being able to say, I can feel that you're feeling this way because I feel in my body. You can watch a movie. And this is a great example. Someone with an undefined emotional center watches a movie and let's say their husband dies and they literally feel like their husband died and what that feels like. And they can sob and like feel so crushed. Whereas somebody with a defined emotional center can watch that same movie and it can make them think of something that they've experienced in the past, that similar emotion, and they can have compassion and understanding of that emotion, but they're not empathetically feeling and amplifying it in that moment. So it's a difference of how we process emotions, but the most important thing to know, and I'm sure that she has this center defined is that you have random emotions throughout your day. And the more that you can just say, okay, where am I emotionally right now? Am I in a high? Interesting. Am I in a low? Cool. Without judgment. We always want to judge and label and identify with our emotions to say, why am I feeling low? Who was I around? What happened? Let me identify something so that way I can judge this emotion as bad. And the more that you can just say, I'm feeling low for absolutely no reason. It has nothing to do with anyone else. Nothing happened to me today to cause this. So I'm just going to feel it. I'm going to be alone and journal. I'm going to be creative by myself. I'm going to watch a sad movie and cry. And I'm just going to let myself feel it. And the more that you just allow your random emotions, the more that they move. And then you can come back to neutral. And that's where you have clarity of like making decisions. So anyone with an emotional wave, I know this has been like a long tangent on this, but anyone with this, it's so so important important that they're making decisions from an emotionally neutral place. And that might look like every time that a big decision is presented to you saying, let me sleep on it. 
Let me, give me a few days. And that just gives you time to come to neutral to then feel like, will this make me happy or not from a neutral place? Hey listeners, have you checked out intentionwave.com where you can transform the sound of your voice into a meaningful jewelry piece. When you visit their online store, you can record a voice directly on their website and transform it into a unique sound wave frequency pattern and engrave it on the jewelry piece of your choice. You will also receive a unique QR code that you can scan whenever you want to listen to your special recorded sound message. This is a perfect gift for Christmas for your loved one. So get online right now and order your special piece. Go to intentionwave.com. That's I-N-T-E-N-T-I-O-N-W-A-V-E.com to order your special and unique gift that will last forever. So the next two types, Dana, do you want to get into projectors and reflectors? Yeah. So with projectors, this is what Shana and I are both projectors. Projectors are less than 20% of the population and projectors are individuals who have this aura that is focused and penetrating. So the projector aura goes into the other and it wants to see deeply and penetrate into someone else's being to understand who is this person in front of me? What makes them tick? What makes them unique? So a lot of projectors have this kind of like psychology guide kind of energy. They see things in a different way. So they are what we call non-energy beings. They do not generate a consistent amount of energy to do and to work and to build the same way as the other types that we've kind of talked about. They really are people who are designed to only work about two to four hours a day of work that is expending energy and then they're kind of out of energy. So for a projector, they're trying to work, you know, eight hours a day, 40 hours a week for years, they can really, really, really experience powerful burnout and other health symptoms. Anyone can experience burnout if you're out of alignment and you're not using your energy correctly. So even a generator or a manifesting generator, if you're not doing what you love, you can experience burnout. But, but for projectors, even if you are doing what you love, you could be in love with it but you're working too much. You're trying to keep up with other people. That is not going to be sustainable for you. So when a projector first hears that they're only supposed to work two to four hours a day and that they're really here to guide people, it's like a holy shit light bulb moment, right? Because it's like, I know, I know that that's my truth, but how, how is that possible? When other people hear it, like generators or manifesting generators here, projectors are only designed to work two to four hours a day. They're like, must be nice. Um, and that's like a common thing that we hear, but for a projector, it's really about knowing that your greatest contribution that you're here to really make money around and be successful around is your insight. It's not your productivity. It's not how much you can build or how much you can create. And that can be a really hard pill to swallow for us projectors because at first it can feel somewhat limiting. It can feel like, well, if I'm designed to be successful and I'm designed to help all these people, but I only have this much energy, like how do I really do that? But as a projector, um, 
when you're focused more on what fascinates you, on what you see differently than other people, on being able to really share your insight and guide the energy use of others, that is where everything switches for you. You come into your magnetism. You attract the abundance that you need working in that more aligned way. Whereas if you are just constantly exhausting yourself and staying busy, you deplete your magnetism and you can live in a realm of just complete burnout and scarcity. So as a projector, you're really here to give your guidance, your insight, your advice to other people and to guide the energy use of others. Now, in order for that to be harmonious, you need to be invited to share your insights. This is the strategy for projectors. It's like, yes, you're here to give people advice, but never unsolicited advice. And that also can be a hard pill to swallow for projectors because we love seeing other people. We love giving our insight and advice, but you can't feed a closed mouth. And if you're trying to push food in someone's mouth when their lips are closed, it's like disgusting, repelling. So as a projector, the more you can say, okay, what am I good at seeing? What am I fascinated in? Where do I have really unique insights that I want to share? How can I just focus on building that and recognizing myself? When you do that, you start to increase your magnetism and kind of invite in recognition from others where people are like, hey, I like your insight. I like the way you see this thing. And others come to you and invite you for you to then share your advice and insight with them. So that's going to be the aligned way that if projectors can just focus on building themselves up, recognizing themselves, and then letting people come to them, that's where the big shift happens. And they're able to kind of create a career for themselves where they're able to work those two to four hours a day of hard out put. Now, those are the things that really you feel like you're expending energy, even if you love it. So Shane and I both being projectors, owning our business, we have to get really clear on even if I absolutely love doing this thing, like podcasting or meeting with clients one on one, what are the things that do expend that energy? Those are the things we have to limit. Now, there's lots of other stuff that we do in our pajamas, in bed, brainstorming, writing notes on our phone. Like I want to say that we work all the time, <laughs> but the things that we're doing that expend our energy, we have to be really careful about limiting those things. And that's kind of the key to success for projectors. Yeah. So it's getting really clear on, is this something that drains my energy? And is this something that's just fascinating? So in outside of those two to four hours, you might be, you know, going down a rabbit hole online. You might be researching something or reading a book or watching a documentary. Um, you might be having a conversation with a friend about this thing until like late into the night. It's not about, are you productive or not? It's how much of the things that I'm doing are draining me and how much are fascinating to me. And if you're in a place uh, and you're listening, you're a projector, you're working a nine to five job, doesn't mean that you need to go quit your job tomorrow. It's about saying, okay, within my current work, why did I choose this work? Like what here is fascinating to me? What here do I see in a different way than other people do? Is it working with the customers? Is it helping my coworkers? Is it you know, making efficiency gains. Like what are the things that you see that are really interesting to you and you could do all day long and you want to give your advice on really just start taking note of those things and doing more of those things in your day versus the things that are really draining the draining tasks that you have. And no one will notice when you make that shift. This is an internal shift. No one's going to be like, Oh, you were doing eight hours a day answering emails, but now you're only doing two. 
they're not going to notice that because you're going to be so lit up and into those fascinating things that that's what they're going to start calling you out for and inviting you to do more of. So there's subtle shifts that you can do. And then the last type is reflectors. And these are 1% of the population. We like to say they're the unicorns in human design and they always get put last because they're 1%. Wow. Um, I know. Have, and have you guys met any of these one percenters? Yeah. Yeah. We have a few people and my sister's actually a reflector too. The thing with reflectors is that their chart is completely undefined. So all of the centers in their body graph are white. And when you have a white center in general, that means that you are empathetically taking in the world around you there and you're amplifying it. So whether that's your mind and you're really able to um, pick up people's perspectives and you're open-minded and you can see how other people are seeing things or whether that's your throat and you can really pick up what people are trying to say and what they're needing or your emotions. Like I mentioned before, reflector has every center open. So they are extremely empathetic and they are taking in the world around them and amplifying it and reflecting it back to everyone else. So the strategy for reflectors is to be someone new every single day to let themselves empty out at the end of the day and come back to just like a neutral place. And then the next day ask themselves, okay, who am I today? And reflectors really are all so different because it, they're going to be who they are, depending on the people they're around the environments that they're consistently in. So a reflector might be working in a, a startup and be just doing all the things, checking in with all of the different departments and really reflecting back like, oh, this is working. This is healthy. They need help. They are struggling. This is how we should pivot. They're our gauges. We like to say they can really test the temperature of something and say, okay, this is where we're needing to shift and pivot. And it's reflected within their own body. So if a reflector is unhealthy or feeling sick, a lot of times it's something going on in their environment or the people around them. Um, if they are feeling really stuck and trapped, really checking in and saying, okay, are the environments that I'm in healthy? Are the people that I'm around healthy? And can I shift my environment and go be in new places to see how I'm feeling? So reflectors are really here to be our gauges and tell us as a society, how we're doing. That's like their greater overall purpose, but in their day-to-day -day life, it really is about, um, taking in, getting that wisdom from the world around them, and then emptying out each day to have a new experience the next day. When they try to identify and say, I am this go-getter, I am, I love this thing, or this is what I am consistently. That's when they keep themselves stuck and they're limiting themselves from their potential that they have in this life. So it's a completely different way that we're, we are taught to operate. And we have so many different resources to support reflectors because we really, the world was not made for reflectors and projectors yeah. to really, uh, thrive. Like we're not taught that it's okay to be this way energetically. And it's once again, a light bulb moment for projectors and reflectors to hear this information. I want to also let the listeners know if they haven't looked up theirs, they should. But like mm -hmm. looking at the different properties of the chart, there's like different categories. Like my strategy is responding, which is very interesting. Mm -hmm. And also I found one that was, I, this is what, one thing that was pointed out in the podcast. That's my irony that I was in is that my profile is the establisher of knowledge and truth, mm -hmm. which is a huge part of my journey. You know, I've been on this 
path of Sophia, which is wisdom. And I have a side podcast talking about wisdom. So it's, it's very interesting that these things were so spot on, but I, my question to you is what happens when they're not, we haven't come across it that much when they're not spot on. And that sounds too good to be true, but that's what we feel as well. But I do want to say something interesting about human design. You know, there's kind of this psychological question of nature versus nurture. Which one are we right? And your human design is your nature. That's your truth. That's what feels natural for you. But then we all have our nurture, who we've been taught to be, who we think we should be. It's been drilled in our head since the moment we're born that this is what you should do. This is how you should react. This is how you should look. This is how you should move through the world. So we call that our conditioning. And that conditioning can be so strong for people that they close themselves off to feeling their truth, their nature, what feels natural for them. So for some people, they've been living so long in this story, this mental story of this is who I think I need to be. And so I won't let myself see anything else except for that. That is possible, but we're going through this massive awakening and you ladies are people who are leading this, right? You're a way shower for others of coming into who are we really? What is our true nature? Like, how can we just let go of those stories of that conditioning of that pressure and come into our greater sense of self and love. And so that's really what the journey of human design is about. So it is possible that we meet people who have some resistance because they've been living so deeply in their mind, but usually by the time people get to us to do human design readings, they're ready to feel their truth. They're curious about their purpose. So that's often where we get to meet people and it's just so beautiful. And, you know, human design does get extremely specific, like tell you exactly what your life purpose is, what your gifts are. But the beautiful thing is that your life purpose is not one thing you came here to do. Your life purpose is the frequency you came here to be in everything you do. So for so many people, when we get to tell them about their life purpose, it's like this huge moment of just validation and like the pressures off because you feel the places where you've already been giving this medicine to the world. And it kind of is like this liberation that you can just lean more into that instead of feeling like you're chasing something outside of you, or you have to, you know, do something different to be able to help people. Like you are designed to help people with exactly who you are. There's nothing about you that you need to change. However, there is lots of places where we can evolve into the highest expression of who we've always been. And that's kind of the journey of human design. Like there's places in your chart that here's the lowest expression that could be a fear or something that you're misusing and you're using it to be overly critical on yourself. But here's how you transcend that lowest expression. This same exact quality has a highest expression. And once you're using that highest expression, it becomes a gift. It becomes a superpower. And so, for example, like just talking about manifesting generators, my husband and my brother are both manifesting generators and both of them struggled in school. Like they were told their entire life that something was wrong with them, that they were stupid. Like they both had really deep wounds around feeling like they were incapable because of schooling, because it was so misaligned with how their energy was designed to operate. And really the truth is both of these individuals in my life are some of the most capable and talented and creative people I know. And once they were able to really use their energy in the highest expression, 
it was like their greatest downfall was actually their greatest blessing, their greatest gift. So mm. that's kind of the journey of human design is it's not about changing yourself. It's about understanding who you are so that you can utilize your energy in the highest expression and allow it to be the gift that it actually is meant to be. Love it. I'm going to throw you guys a curveball really fast. Can you do me a favor? Mm-hmm. Can you put in six, six, so June 6, 2013, and Parker, Colorado. Is there a time? No, I'm not specific. I mean, okay. it was like 11 ish AM. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. <laughs> so I'm assuming this is your child. No, no. <laughs> um, well, this person is a manifester. Depending if that time is correct. Oh Yeah. Yeah. So you have to put in a time, but the main things that change when the time is not correct are typically the profile. And then sometimes the authority will change, but I don't think it will in this case, because this is a manifester with two emotional channels going up to the throat. So I think that this is probably pretty accurate. So this is so bizarre that I thought about doing this, but so I feel like I was reborn. This is when I came out of a coma. And so you know, if you think about someone, I've had two near-death experiences and that was the day, like, I feel like my soul, my soul came back into my body. So like me could take on different traits because I feel like I've literally been reborn twice. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Okay. You just blew my mind. Like I need to, do you talk about this on your podcast or these experiences? Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is what I go back and listen this was my, you know, awakening is, is when this, this, the first one was an outer body experience. This one was where I actually like crossed over to, and came back completely different human. The best way to describe it, most NDEers do is uh, you're like in this frequency and it's so different that when you come back, you're just not the same. Like you think different, you don't like the same music anymore. Noises bother you, your high senses are heightened, like so much changed about me, but isn't that an interesting thought? Wow. Yeah, I, my whole body is like covered in goosebumps right now Same. from hearing this story. Wow. It is kind of like you're, you're literally being reborn like this different person. Wow. I don't know. You know, someone yeah. asked us about this recently and we don't have a very clear answer. I think it's something to be explored for sure. And the big thing about human design is that each and every single person is their own spiritual teacher. Each and every single person is their own guru, if you will. Each and every single person is their own authority. So you would be the person that could tell us, you know, and just from hearing your experience, the way that you feel like you are the same person, but also there's this alchemy, this new energy in you as you came back. I'm going to look at the different types and see if I feel like I have them both. The one from when I was yeah. originally than that one. Is there anything in her previous chart that would give any kind of idea of maybe her having something like this occur? Um, so human design is not predictive of like, this is what's going to happen to you or like, this is the job you should do or the person you should date. Right. The real test would be you learning about your manifester chart, the 2013 one and learning about your you know, birth date chart and seeing what resonates with you. Because when I was looking at your charts, I wasn't surprised at all that you both have a this podcast and that it's doing so well because you both have gate 56 as your Saturn gates and gate 56 is all about sharing, sharing stories in a, 
interesting way and engaging way, teaching from a place of meaning versus like, here's all the facts and figures and numbers and details. But like, this is why it's meaningful. This is why it matters being funny and interesting and being a Saturn gate is just really like, you must do this in your life. And Dana and I both have this energy as well. And we have a podcast. So I was like, that's so interesting, but manifestors like Dana was sharing are here to inform. And the more that they inform and they open their mouth and speak, the more impact they have. So every single manifester that we know that has a podcast or has a platform where they're sharing themselves all the time, like, this is what I think, this is what's bullshit. This is how I'm, what I like, what I don't like. Um, they're super successful. And the ones that aren't, because it's very foreign to inform, they aren't, they're not successful. And that's because they're playing small by not opening up and letting people into their inner world. So it's so fascinating. I'd be curious to know, like, once you learn like more about those two charts, what resonates, because you're the only one that can tell us because that's such a unique and profound experience. Kind of like numerology. My birth name is Shannon, but I gone by Shanna most of my life since, you know, school. So I have like this root, but then I also created this other energy that is actually more dominant. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's much like that. Do numbers play a part in human design at all? Not really the same way as like numerology or anything. So there's lots of numbers that are are numbering the gates, but it's really all based on kind of like your astrology. So it's not really the same of like, you know, you have this gate number and it will have that significance, okay. you know, parallel to, to numerology or anything like that. But what's beautiful, I think with human design and in my own personal journey is I love looking at truth from different perspectives and angles. So like my numerology, like with my name. And when I got married, I was really into with changing my name and seeing the number change with the name and things like that and finding the truth in that. And then finding the truth in different systems and seeing the way they correlate, the way they correlate. Right. And I think that that is one of my favorite things about human design is it's so interesting to me. Like I've heard people do Vedic astrology readings, which is using Vedic astrology instead of Western astrology, which is what is being used in human design, but it's, they still come back with this same profound message. And Mm -hmm. so I think we can find truth in so many different lenses and you're always the authority about what is meaningful. And that's one of our favorite questions. We don't prefer the question, is this true or not true? We prefer the question, is this meaningful or not? Is this helpful or not? And when you find something that is meaningful and it's truthful to you, we are like this resonant radar, like our body, just everything in our body is like, that's my truth. And the meaning that we find and the way that it changes our lives to be able to understand ourselves through these different lenses is so beautiful. And I love that we get to share these experiences, like on these podcasts, like we only got to hear a snippet, Mandy, of what Mm -hmm. your experiences have been, but it's just so inspiring to hear something so meaningful and powerful. So the reason we align with you two so much is because you guys used yourselves as guinea pigs. You went out (laughs) human design for a month and now you're living in it because it was so powerful for both of you and you experienced it. No one just told you to believe in human design. And that's our word. You have to experience it to know your truth. 
So, yeah. And that's yeah. what we always say with human design is it's an experiment. Like we're not going to tell you this is true or not because we yeah. are not the authority over you. Human design is not an authority over you. So yeah. here's these things. If it's meaningful for you, go experiment with it and see how it feels. See if it's supportive, see if it's helpful and then go from there and use your own yeah. authority to decide yeah. how it helps you. Well, I'm thinking about my children, like how important it is yeah. to know who the people are around you, all the, your relationships. Like, what are they, you know, kind of like yeah. the, you know, um, the five love languages, like knowing and understanding, you know, your partner or your children or your parents. Yeah, yeah. it's so true. And, you know, so many, every single person almost has these places where we're empathetic and we're taking in the people around us. And, uh, the more we awaken, the more sensitive our children are, are right. They're open. They're really yeah. feeling the people around them. And, to be able to have this languaging so that we can bring awareness to this from a young age and empower everyone to know this is why it might feel extremely overwhelming. Like for example, Shana and I both have in our chart where we're very sensitive to the health of other people. And I didn't know this as a kid and my brother had cancer when I was growing up. So I was in the hospital all the time and it was so heavy for me to be in the hospital with these other kids. Like it would take me weeks after going and visiting my brother would take me weeks to clear that energy out. It was just like so overwhelming. I just felt so heavy and sick. And once I knew this about myself, it literally shifted in a quantum moment because now I just understand this is why I'm so sensitive. And my sensitivity is a gift. It's part of my ability to heal people, hold space for people, understand. And the fact that I know this about myself is everything. I didn't change it about myself. I just understand why. And now I feel instead of overwhelmed, I feel empowered. So for everyone, there's places in our chart. Both of you are so sensitive to people's emotions and you're really designed to hold that space for other people, but without knowing that information, when you're young, it can feel so overwhelming. Like feeling other people so deeply can be something that's really difficult. And I just have to tell you both. I, as you were, Shana was talking, I looked up both of your crosses of incarnation, which is like a big part of your life purpose. And Mandy, yours is called the cross of the unexpected. And it is actually literally Mm -hmm. about having very unexpected things happen in your life that are profoundly meaningful and that then you gain all of this wisdom and get to share in a big way the meaning that comes from these unexpected things so actually literally you have straight up (laughs) in your cross of incarnation that unexpected thing and shanna yours is actually similar to mine yours is the cross of contagion so you're someone who's really here to spread ideas that you think are going to be meaningful and powerful and help people advance and grow. And Shanna, so much of your energy is about kind of being this leader with your voice and people really getting behind and excited about the things that you're excited about and being able to really spread kind of like that awareness based on the new things that you have discovered and you think are really powerful and helpful. So both of you, right in your cross of incarnation, you have a big energy around really leading and share like that energy of sharing meaning and helping people grow. I mean, we could talk about your charts forever. So (laughs) those are just little like kind of things, but I love it. Thank you for sharing. The human design would be such a great additional tool to like any healer's toolbox. So you teach this as well, don't you? 
Yeah, we do. So we have a lot of different ways to learn human design, wherever you're at in your journey. Um, we really like to make it accessible. So we have our podcast, which is the day Luna human design podcast. And that's where you can learn a lot of free information, obviously, and dip your toes in and pull up your chart alongside. And then we also have videos of your different channels and gifts because you might be a generator or man gen, like Dana was saying, but have projected gifts. And this really shows you how you specifically are meant to guide. The cool thing with human design that I want to say is that thing that we all hear like, oh, you're sensitive or identifying as a highly sensitive person. Human design tells you exactly how you are sensitive and in what way. And that's the part that's empowering, knowing that Dana and I are sensitive to people's illnesses and physical ailments. That's helpful versus knowing that I'm sensitive to people's emotions and she's not. That's helpful. It's so empowering. So there's so many different things that you can learn from our podcast and then also our videos. And then we do have a book that's coming out in January. It's available for pre-order right now. And this is going to help you really honor your daily practice and understand, okay, how do I actually live my design? Like now I have all this information, but how do I actually day to day honor my energy and lean into my own alignment? Um, Our book's called Your Human Design, and you can find it anywhere, Amazon, our website, anywhere you want. And then lastly, we do have a full human design reader training online that teaches you basically the entire system, how you can look at anyone's chart and really dive into every single nuance. And this is powerful, not only if you want to be a reader, but also if you want to add it to your toolbox, like you said, and, um, help your clients, help your friends and family. You don't have to become a human design reader with this information. It really is just like you said, human design is so incredibly helpful. I really see it hopefully in the future being taught in schools because It's so powerful and empowering for children. And there's just so many uses for it because it helps you personalize anything that you are offering. And that's really where we're moving towards in this new paradigm is we're getting away from the one size fits all. We're getting into, okay, yes, I understand that there's this workout routine or that I could run my business in this way, but that doesn't really quite fit because it's too broad. Like how does it help me as an individual? And that's, what's so powerful about human design is it gives you such amazing languaging that really is so helpful to really personalize anything. So we have our full training, our book, our podcast, tons of different resources for you to dive in. I'm not a projector though. I'm intimidated now. (laughs) (laughs) No, you do not have to be a projector. And that's another thing I wanted to say earlier is that all of the types can guide all of the types can start their own business. All the types can build and create their own things or can be a gauge and be sensitive. It's just about saying, okay, this is what you want to do. And this is how you use your energy in a way that's going to create magnetism and less resistance to accomplish that thing because human design isn't going to tell you what you want to do or what you are in love with or what you're passionate about. It's going to tell you, these are your gifts. So this is probably why you're passionate about that thing. And here is how you use your energy to go about doing that in a way that is 10 times more efficient and feels good versus trying to swim upstream. And I I just wanted to say, Shanna, that I'm looking at your chart. You have three projected channels and one generated channel. 
So three parts projected channel, one part generated channel, but in the end, your aura is manifesting generated, which is honestly like an ideal combo because you have all of these, <laughs> you have all of these projected gifts where you're able to see people and help people and offer advice and insight, but you have the energy of a manifesting generator where you're capable and you're efficient and you're really here to use that energy building what you love. So, so sign me up. So yeah, there's, these, <laughs> there's deeper layers for sure. But the reason we start with your type is because applying that strategy is going to naturally put you in the spaces and places where you're able to use your gifts effortlessly. So you could focus on your gifts and kind of reflect on them in a mental way, but that's actually not going to change your life. It is powerful to have this awareness of what your gifts are for sure. But the takeaway practice is using that energy correctly. And naturally you end up in those spaces where you get to use these other gifts. So I have to know, and I think the listeners would appreciate it too, who came up with this human design. And then the other thing I wanted to say was when were these stats taken, like on the 1%, because with this huge, like, um, collective consciousness and this shift happening right now, I wouldn't be surprised if these younger generations, which are a lot of our listeners, we're going to find there's more reflectors. Yeah. These numbers are definitely shifting. Um, we're definitely having less and less manifestors, more projectors and more reflectors are coming to the forefront. And the, so this system was created by a guy named Ra Aruhu <laughs> and he went into this eight day meditation in Ibiza And he channeled this entity called the voice is what he called it and basically showed him how this entire system worked. And that sounds super woo and super like, what the fuck? But the system basically pulls together, like I said in the beginning, these ancient spiritual sciences and these modern sciences. And it gets really technical into like neutrinos and why we get our designs and how it's moving through, you know all matter at all times. And that's how you're picking up all this information. Um, so it gets very, very technical and honestly, because it's so specific, it's, there's no doubt in my mind that this shit was just channeled and was a gift to humanity. And yeah, so that's, that's the founder of human design. And I want to say that the ancient systems that are synthesized into this, like the chakra system, like the I Ching, those systems were channeled right back in, you know, thousands and thousands of years ago, arguably 5,000 years ago or longer, those systems were channeled. And it's so interesting how people can have so much resistance against something being channeled. But for us, the science part of it is also really really fascinating. Like the man who, who, um, channeled the system, he made certain predictions in the quantum physics realm in the late eighties that were later proved 10 years or 15 years later by scientists. He also has all of these theories that he downloaded about where consciousness comes from and how consciousness moves through the universe that scientists are only right now, just right now, like today, trying to figure out and coming to similar conclusions as he did. So we believe that the system is like a profound gift given to this planet to help humanity shift. And it kind of blows our minds that we're part of the group of people that are wanting to help spread this and wanting to share it. But it's just become this like, quest, like this soul mission in our lives. Like we just believe so deeply that this is one of the most helpful things that we can really start just utilizing to help that shift. 
And now it's time for Break That Shit Down. I would just say, you know, if you're listening to this and you're feeling like you don't know where to start or you feel like stuck in your life to just know, like there's nothing in your life that you can't take your power back with. And I know that a lot of times we think that our circumstances dictate what is possible for us, but the inner circumstances, your thought processes, your judgments, your stories, your negative judgments of yourself really starting to catch that and observe that and dig a little bit deeper and change that inner world to start liberating yourself. And I also just want to add, like, there is no one outside of you, not us, not a guru, not some spiritual person or some whatever that knows more about what you need to do in this moment to change your life. So tuning into that own inner wisdom and letting that guide you, I think that's the most important thing in general that we can do in this time of big, big change. Mm, I love that. And for me, I guess what's really coming up is, you know, so much of our work and our passion is around this theme of authenticity and uniqueness, actually. And there are so many people on our planet that I think sometimes it feels hard to believe that we're really actually unique like really unique. And sometimes it can feel like, is there space for my voice? Is there, does anyone need my voice? Does anyone need my medicine? And the fact is absolutely. If you are here on this planet, it's because you are designed to emanate this unique frequency that we need. We need your unique frequency. And so I guess the message I just wanted to share is I think sometimes we can feel like there's the market is saturated. There's too many podcasts. There's too many people writing books. There's too many people sharing their stories, but that is not the truth. And just from meeting you two lovely ladies and hearing a bit about your story, it just like reminds me like, this is why it's so important for every single person to tell their story, to start their podcast, to share their voice, because we all get so much out of it. And there's space for us all that we really do live in this perfectly designed harmony where no person here is an accident. No person here is not meant to be heard. So I want to say thank you both. I feel so inspired by getting to meet you. I knew I would the second I heard that there was the two of you and that you were friends. I listened to your podcast before we met. I was like, I already love them. And getting to meet you, I just had so much love for you both. So thank you for having us and sharing your stories with us. I'm leaving this conversation feeling really excited and inspired. Me too. I really appreciate you guys. Oh, you guys are great. Thanks so much for coming on, Sharon. Can you just throw out your website one more time so everyone can get on there and pull their charts up immediately? <laughs> yeah. So you can go to our website, daylunalife.com. Get your free chart there. Everything that we offer is on there. And our Instagram is at dayluna. And then our podcast is the Dayluna Human Design Podcast. Fun. Love it. Well, thank you so much for having us. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for being with us today. We hope you will come back next week. If you like what you hear, don't forget to rate, like, and subscribe. Thank you. We rise to lift you up. Thanks for listening.